Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, we talk with Colin Bailey. Colin is a newish trail runner who lives down in Sio, New York, which is a couple hours south of Rochester in an area known as the Southern Tier. It's recognized for being in the snow belt of New York and being a bit hilly, you know, as it verges on Pennsylvania. Um, I say Colin is a newish trail runner because he's only been running trails for three to four years, but he seemed to have gathered up quite a bit of experience. Starting with his year of a thousand beers, his unconventional motivation for running, we cover some of his race history, and then we try to figure out what led him to put on his own 50K race, even having never run an ultra himself. We also chat a bit about the importance of sharing your accomplishments with others and, you know, talk about beers a little bit. But before we get into it with Colin, I'm going to tell you about our small business partnership this month. Let me tell you about Josh Stratton LMT. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know about Josh, but he's worth talking about again. So Josh is a licensed massage therapist. His office is in Sports PT in Winton Place. He offers therapeutic massage, sports massage, specific treatment massage, deep tissue massage, and even Swedish massage. Saying massage so many times really is tongue tiring, I guess. Um, anyways, head out to his Facebook page at facebook.com slash Josh Stratton LMT to book an appointment. Uh, tell him you heard about it here on this podcast and use this month's secret code chipwitch. He'll give you $15 off a 60 minute massage. So yeah, what's normally 65 bucks for an hour will be 50 bucks. Um, and let me just tell you, uh, I just finished Cayuga 50. Uh, more on that a late, little bit later, I guess. Uh, and the very first thing I did upon returning to Rochester was to schedule an appointment with Josh. There were hundreds, th- thousands of stairs on that Cayuga course, and my calves have pretty much fused themselves together. But Josh has the move. It's called the Deep Glide, and it's ludicrously effective at separating fused calves. The thing is, Josh is a runner, and he knows how to find the right spots, and he knows how to fix them. Go in there and tell Josh what's going on, and he'll work with you. Maybe even ask him for the deep glide. Tell him Chris told you all about it. So, again, head out to facebook.com slash LMT for more info. Use this month's secret code, CHIPWITCH. Get a 60-minute massage for 50 bucks. That link will be in the show notes, as well as your secret offer code. So go check out those show notes, which are at HTTV, www.runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash podcast slash zero three one. Anyways, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of local runners. You had said, I think one of the first times we met, you had said you had only been running trails for like two years. Yeah, so I started running, okay, uh, 2008, July 
August 1st, 2008 through July 31st, 2009. Um, you haven't thought about this at we all. Did. <laughs> no, this is, this is really how the story goes. We did, uh, I did the year of a thousand beers. Right. Yeah. And, and, and what that means is in that period of a, of a year's time, I sampled over a thousand beers. I kept track of them on note cards. And that went from keep track of them on a note card, you know, the taste, the body, all the crap that people think is important. And then we tried to, we went into potentially developing an app. Um, my cousin was in, into IT and stuff like that and everything else. And this was before any good apps came out. So we were at the head of it and then that all kind of fell apart, whatever. So anyways, I get through the year and I did a thousand and three beers because just in case my count was off. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to go through all that and, and be wrong. So after that, a friend of mine said, hey, you know, what are you going to do now? Um, you know, you, you've obviously had a year, you've drank a, all this beer, you know, you probably have gained a little weight, or you're going to do something to lose it. And I'm like, sure, you know, what's next? I'll, I'll start running. Right. So at that time, I think the first race I did was, um, the first real race I did uh, was the Sedona Half Marathon. Um, Sedona, Arizona, a doctor I worked with said, hey, you know, do you want to go do this race? And, and I said, uh, sure, sounds good. So that was in 2010 was the plan to do the Sedona half. Uh, before that, Chris and I did the Lexington, Virginia to Buena Vista 10K. So it was the oldest, that's the oldest road race in Virginia, which was kind of cool, you know, and yeah. I actually placed in my age group. In your first road race? In my first, my first, um, my first road race was the Cuca Dash and Splash, which was a 5K at Cuca Lake at the okay. Swift. So, right. so yeah, I didn't, I didn't, you know, but but the first one I traveled to and everything else, I, I yeah. placed in it. But like I said, I I got home and didn't know. I get online, I'm looking at the results, and I'm like, wow, you know, I placed. So I yeah, get a hold of the race director, and he goes, yeah, you have a, you know, you have a medal here, and we'll send it to you. And, and they did, they shipped it to me and stuff like that. Nice. The only race other than mess the dress last year <laughs> that I placed in my age group, but mess the dress doesn't do age group placing, so it didn't mean anything. Yeah, so, yeah. So um. Yeah, that was that was my first race. Uh, two, that was two thousand nine. And uh, you really didn't have any motivations other than your friend going like, "How are you going to yeah. lose your beer weight?" Yeah, yeah. And before you that, you you never ran um, at all. No, not to speak of. I I was always into uh, fitness and stuff like that. I I worked out at the gym, that kind of thing, but never really a runner. I ran. I did run track in high school, um, but not seriously. Uh, I worked pretty much through high school from the right. time I was 12 on I worked wow. and everything so right. so you know I was an auto mechanic and stuff like that so so when I got to that point in the game um, I, I'd run track I ran actually the funniest thing was um, you being from Rochester and, and having run Rochester races mm -hmm. uh, Derek Jones I don't know if you want him but no but he, he won Rochester Marathon a couple years ago okay I went to high school with Derek. Yeah. So so Derek and his brother Corey, Corey was my age, Derek was a year behind me, but when I was running track in high school, these guys were running track. So I ended up, um, the coach had me doing 110 high hurdles, long jump and triple jump. I'm the most uncoordinated, especially in high school. You know, Bambi on ice, the most uncoordinated guy you can imagine. So I never excelled in any of those. At one point, one race, he put me in a, 
one leg of a of a at that time they had four by two hundreds. They don't have them anymore, but I don't know why. But anyways, I was in one leg of a four by two hundred. I did that leg in twenty three seconds, and the and the coach was like, "Why aren't you, you know, why aren't you one of my sprinters? Why aren't you? I'm like, because those guys are running forty seven second four hundreds, and I'm yeah. not competitive." On yeah, this I was going to say, a, a, a 4 by 200 seems like a really fast race. <laughs> yeah, that is that was the, the that is a race that you're pretty much, you know, you finish your 200 and you're going to throw up. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's an interesting race. So that was all I'd run there. I, I ran track. Um, I and did a little kinda, bit of soccer. It just moved on from that. Yeah, I, yeah. I moved on with life from there. Right. Um, did, you know, I, I was alive during the rollerblading era <laughs> you know so I, I did my share of that and in yeah. college and everything else um i had rollerblades but i did what was called inline skating yeah see yeah. well that's yeah that's modernized the, I, I guess yeah i guess that that is yeah that's that is the difference um but uh that got me into through college um after college i didn't really once again Went to the gym and stuff like that. Not really yeah. a lot of anything specific. Bought a mountain bike. Didn't really use it. That kind of thing. Yep. Uh, takes you up to 2008. Hey, let's drink beer. Let's um, drink beers. Why not? So, right? And you were saying during this tour, I mean, you were saying you were all over the country. Yeah. So we did in, in um, Denver. We did a three-day weekend in Denver with my cousins out there. So I had uh, Chris's, Chris's cousins. So I had myself... Two of Chris's cousins, her uncle, herself, and her cousin's fiance. So the six of us did 167 beers in three days. So <laughs> that's going to pay. I mean, that was an epic weekend. Yeah. Um, I still have the shirt, long sleeve shirt from Cooper Smith's Brewery in in uh, I think it's in Boulder, and it has the we got the waitress to sign. You know, your your 500th <laughs> beer. That was my 500th beer. Wow. Um, and then the Boston Boston had a brew festival down there. Um, that that we did, I did eighty seven beers down there. Rochester, I think I did sixty seven just with Chris's uncle. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we had Chris and her aunt drive up and drop us off and, and pick <laughs> us up because we were not in any so, shape. You uh, know, so there's some people that do. You know, we've talked about them. They do like fifty races in a year. Yeah, and fifty yeah. races, like sixty. Prom, yeah, those guys Prem, Prem and Doug DeWeaver, right? Yeah. They do fifty races in a year, and that's a lot. 167 beers in a week. Yeah, and that was an interesting. It was fun though. It was. How just, can you pick your favorite? Yeah, it, it's when you're doing that much. Yeah, the top shows up. Oh, okay. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're yeah. going through so many beers, and you're like, that one stands out. Right. I mean, it's, it, it's not 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 this one. Yeah, not, it's, not, it's not very not obvious this. when you get the ones that are either epically poor yeah. or epically. <laughs> You know, really yeah. good, and and a lot of those beers you go in and and once again I'm I'm sampling. I'm not drinking full beers, so I might go in and do a sampling, and and I had people with me, so I might sample a, a half ounce of beer in some place and just get that taste and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Other other times I'm at home and I mean you're on a schedule. Mm-hmm. You have a thousand beers in 365 days. That's three beers a day. Yeah, I mean you're on a schedule. <laughs> so so you know you you you've got to drink. A beer, and it's sometimes, you know, you're buying you. You're never buying a six pack of beer. You're buying because that's six of the same beer. That's you're buying just the mix. Yeah. yeah, 
you're just wasting time if you're buying six of the so, same beer. So some might say you were pretty much cut out for a training plan, right? This right. was an this was an ultra. This was this yeah. was my this was my first step into into the ultra concept of, of how things would go. I also had a, a group of friends in in Corning where I worked. The one guy owned a bar. He was very into it. We had a group of guys. We started a Friday beer group where people would bring in, bring in beers, different oh, that, beers and stuff like that. So, I mean, every Friday we'd sit down and might have eight, nine, ten beer, different samples of beers. That's a, that's a good way to do it, though, because that's how you can get that distribution. You know, we talked about earlier tonight i don't think you can get this one up here you know you can't get this one there when you you know like new belgium coming to new york that's a big deal you know right right because for so long they were not coming east of the mississippi and so many people would be moving fat tire over the border you know like across the mississippi yeah and i had uh duck rabbit which is a north carolina beer which is a great beer great brewery but i had that because of that group and in yeah. Corning, I had beers that I'd never had. I had a, I had Hetty Topper, mm-hmm. at the time not knowing what that meant. Right. But but I had Hetty Topper at that time. I had beers, unquestionably. You know, I had beers at that time that nobody. You know, you just didn't have. I right. I traveled a lot. We had a person ask us when we were in, uh, an older woman in one of the places we were sampling in Avery. We're actually sitting in Avery, doing samplings. And uh, this older woman comes in and she's talking. Once again, I say older, I should be cautious because now we're that age. But but you're that age. Yeah, I'm that age. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, that 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 late forties. So um, she said she said is is he just independently wealthy? What's he doing? He's traveling. You know, we just laugh because we're just like you know, no, I just had my goals. I had my goals right. It wasn't had your, nothing to do. Your monocle with. fell out of your eye. Yeah, it has nothing to do with wealth. It's just proper goals. But we had gone into uh, uh, once again getting off off the, the path a little bit. But we had gone into a bar in um, in Boulder, and it was just the four of us guys. And we're like, okay, Mountain Sun was the brewery, the, a great little beer pub, and, and we're like, okay, um, we, how many beers? You know what we want to try all your beers that you have on tap we want to try samples of everything and they're like uh, are you sure and i'm like yeah and they're like well we have quite a few beers on tap and i'm like well how many do you have and they're like 18 and we're like no that's good you know bring them out whatever you have so they bring out 18 10 ounce samples <laughs> those aren't samples yeah buddy. and we're like okay do you have a menu because we're gonna need some food <laughs> we're gonna you know? so, yeah that, that was another once again epic Epic weekend. So, end of that, we did a golf tournament in August. Had a bunch of guys that had been helping me through this. You know, we had a golf tournament, and at that time, like I said, I got that one thousand and third beer, and I can't even tell you what it is. I I don't. I have it written down out in my office, but I I I couldn't tell you what it was. Started running. Um, First trail race would have been, I would say, the Ridge Walk. I think I did the Ridge Walk. 10k in um 2013 i think and so before that you're i mean you were i was i was road running yeah but but your country road running right like what you're doing is out out here right right right. i'm doing i'm doing road running out here um i work in corning so i belong to health works there i would run there Mm -hmm. um so i was definitely doing running i 
I think uh, we did the wine glass in 2009. Yeah. The wine glass marathon in Corning was actually a relay. So you could do three people, three person relay. Yeah. So actually, Chris, my wife, and her cousin Jonathan and I both did, all three of us did that. That's so nine cool. mile segments. Nice. You know, so, so that was kind of cool. And that was my start to, to the wine glass. I did Johnny's in 2010. Um, okay. I did Sedona in 2010. I did the Boilermaker in 2010. I did Nashville's Country Music in 2010, half marathons. Yeah, man, you so, move around a lot, don't you? you yeah, so I like to cover ground. Yeah, you know, you I like travel to see different things. We have friends in Nashville, so so we'll go down there. We have friends in Utica, so we we did the Boilermaker a couple of times. Wine glass, obviously, I work I worked there. Um, so I worked up from there. I didn't do a long race until um, Sega Hunt. And, and I you say a long Sega race Hunt without... 2015? 2015, yeah. yeah. And, and I say a long race because uh, um, there are people out there that, that, that I remember talking to uh, somebody at the, at the uh, Ultra thing in, in, at Medven. Um, but the, the talk... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I had said, you know, Strava says I haven't run a marathon yet. You know, I've yeah. got it as twenty six point one eight, and you know, Strava yeah. says I don't have a marathon yet, and I'm fine with it. Second Honda was a was a very interesting race for me that was uh, both anticlimactic, and I ran it exactly how I had planned. Great. I did exactly what I had planned and everything else. And when I got done, I felt like, oh, that wasn't really, <laughs> I don't feel like I, I should have pushed harder. I could have put maybe, but I, I hindsight, I don't really think I could have, mm-hmm. but I, then you look back and you're like, well, I didn't suffer. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really suffer. Yeah. You know? But, but you executed. So, and so you feel like I, I did it. Right. And now, oh, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's where last year kind of you know ended for me last year was 25 races i did 25 races last year um yeah we saw an awful lot of you up in rochester last year so i did a lot of races in rochester last year uh my first trail race getting into trails more or less would have been um probably in 2014 sprague brook snowshoe race so so uh steve chafee asked me he's like hey do you want to go up and do the snowshoe race i'm sure and that kind of got me into this this is way cooler than roads. Yeah. You know, this is out in the woods. I mean, I, I, you, you've been <laughs> around my land now. I've seen the woods. Um, yes. I, I live in the woods. Yes. I grew up in the woods. I, I have hunted and fished, and, and I've, you know, ever since I was three years old, my family has owned the property I now live on. Um, so I've been all over it. I, I in college, a uh, group of us for 15 years, the same group of six of us would go to the Adirondacks every year and, and hike for a yeah. weekend. You know, every fall we'd get together and go hiking. Yeah. So, so I've always loved the outdoors and stuff like this, but, but hadn't really embraced it. Right. Like I said, till that spring brook. And then after that, it was like, okay, um, I had seen a, a thing online about imaging pass and mm-hmm. happened to be, I was going up there with a friend of mine who had drawn a, 
rifle mule deer tag, a, a, a early rifle season mule deer tag, and he's like, hey, do you want to go with me and, and do some video and take some pictures and stuff like that? And I'm like, sure, you know, for me it's a camping trip, and I'm like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, you why know. not? Well, it happens to be this two-week period we're going at the end of the two-week period is, is uh, imaging. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be out there for two weeks. I'm going to be at ten to 12,000 feet for two weeks. I'm going to be... The, it's never going to be a better opportunity. <laughs> How did that work out that yeah. way, right? Yeah, so I'm like, this is great. So so I trained for that and everything else, and I, I actually did good on that. I, I was 17 minutes faster than my goal. I was yeah. hoping for a 430, I did yeah. a 412 and change or something. And I like saw that. you were you uh you said you were rocking the trails rock gear up. You I was the, I was you have the, the highest you have the highest elevation yes, for I, the trails I, rock I gear. I have the highest elevation uh, uh, buff on the on the uh, yeah. trails rock. Which and it was a sweet picture too, yeah. which also helps. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was and that was an epic day. I mean, it was it was a great day. I had a buddy of mine that came uh, that I went to college with that that was from Alabama. And and I flat. I mean, it's flat lowlands, and, and mm-hmm. I'm like, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And he's like, you know, he's like, oh, I think I'll do all right. And we were together for the first couple of miles, and at the end of it, the guy I was hunting with. I mean, we had a 27. No, from there, I think it was a 32 hour drive home, and we drove it straight. So I'm like, we're like, I, I, I we got to go. Wow. You know, I'm like, all right, when we finish this race. Yeah. I'm like we gotta go. So I right. had I had told my friend Keith ahead of time. I'm like, you know, look, it might be at the finish, might not be at the finish. I, uh, I don't know, buddy. You know, yeah, I don't know. Right? So I finished in four twelve. He finished in six thirty seven or something. We yeah. we were two hours down the road. Yeah, um, but uh, everything worked. Everything came together for that. I loved it. Um, I did learn last year too, and I learned more so this year. Is uh, my PR for my half was 2013 in Nashville. I had a 149, and I was hoping this year to do a 140. You know, yeah. I'm like this year coming into this year, I was getting faster. Last year, I, I I did gain a lot of strength. I'm like, okay, I think I might be able to qualify for Boston this year at at, at Wineglass, which yeah. is this fall. I'm like, you know, I I think I can run that pace. I think I can do it. And having oh, never funny. run a marathon other than Sedona, okay, ever never run a road marathon, yeah. so I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I'm like, oh, I could do this. So I go to Nashville this year, and I learned last year repeatedly at Ontario Summit at zero SPF. Um, I do not do well in humidity at all. <laughs> um, so this year I get to Nashville, and humidity is 88 percent. And I go out, and I just cannot get under like an 850 pace. I'm wanting to run a 738 pace. Seven, I want a 140. So I'm on a 738 pace, and I can't get under 850 without my heart rate going over 160. Yes, yeah, that breathing. Just, it feels like you can't get any air, right? Yeah. I, I can't stand humidity either, and I just feel like all I'm doing is breathing in glasses of water. Yeah, it, it, it's. I just can't do it. I, <laughs> yeah. I just yep. – it's whether it's the Irish blood, yeah, whatever it is, I just – well, what's funny is because people, you know, people think Ireland, oh, it's always raining over there. Yeah, but when it's not raining, it's nice, crisp, clear air, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I can't, I can't run in humidity at all. Yeah, and I do better, and and I had somebody compare it to elevation, um, because elevation is that thinner air, you know, the mm-hmm. less that oxygen, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I've never had a problem running. I'd always thought the problem was running in heat. But I ran um, 
the Zion half. I ran the Red Rocks half in, in Vegas. I've, I've run all over the place, and, and heat doesn't bother me. The heat, huh. heat. I can run in 95 degrees. The dry heat. Dry heat. Dry <laughs> heat they, doesn't bother me. Say, heat doesn't bother heat. me. But, but Nashville this year, like I ran a 159. I was, I was 157. I was 17 minutes off my goal. That's a, a minute and a half a mile yeah. off my goal. I mean, that's yeah. horrible. Yeah. And and looking at it that way, that was a realization that I really, like I said, really don't do well with humidity. And it's like, okay, you got to really take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to a friend of mine who coaches my son, and I, I told you about this, Tim Chichester, is, you know, mm-hmm. he qualified for the Olympic trials this year and ran in yep. the Olympic trials for the marathon. I was talking to him he about it. He ran in a dry heat in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was talking to him about it, and he had said that there was, an, there was a marathoner um, that, he, that he had seen when he was a Geneseo. The guy came and gave it a talk and everything, and he said he'd, he'd won four bosses four times. It's an older gentleman, like mm-hmm. 60 years old or something, but he said he would go out, and if it was a hot day, he'd just... He goes, it didn't matter what the race was. He goes, if it was a hot day, he knew he wasn't going to do well, and he just he would just scrap it. Now, I'm not the kind of person to scrap it. I'm just going to slow down and suck it up, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a suffer fest. Well, but. you saw me at the end of SPF last yeah. year. <laughs> you were like, oh, you need a beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was not my best showing. It was because it was about 110% humidity. Yeah, you could see the humidity in that yeah, race. Yeah, it was just, yeah. it was gnarly, and I just, I... I couldn't handle it. It's like I need gills or something to run in that one. I think I was probably four or five miles into that race. And I remember I had a group of runners around me. I still felt okay. And I remember looking up and laughing and saying to the people around me, you can see it. You can just see the humidity. And it did. It was this foggy. Yep. Just oh, it was, horrible. It, it was rainforest hung. in the. It was yeah. It and was, as soon as it touched your shirt, like it stuck to you. Yeah. And I just yeah. There's a picture that um, Mike Lesher took of me from the Ascend Collective, and it's me climbing up power lines. And yeah. I'm just, I'm like, I, I didn't. <laughs> I my eyes closed. I didn't want to see the world. I and I'm like, I'm just climbing with my eyes closed, and I open them up, and there's him right there. <laughs> And I'm like, really, this is where you picked? Really? <laughs> of course. The best spots. Those guys do a good job. They do oh. a good job. Oh, it was the worst. It was the worst. So anyways, yeah, I'm with it, you on humidity. Yeah. It, now, in the interim, uh, in, in between the running, and I, I started running. I did triathlons for a little oh, yeah? bit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I did triathlons for a little bit. Um, I did the Cuca Tri. I think my bike split on the Cuca Tri was 23 miles an hour on my bike split. So I did pretty good on the bike. Um, though I wasn't a fast cyclist, I finally learned how to cycle. Um, rode with a great group of guys out of Corning, Rogue Race Team out of Corning. Um, Mm. and went from there racing, which I wasn't really, uh, strong enough in the racing. My legs weren't strong enough. So I wasn't strong enough in the racing. So I went from there to what's called randonneuring. And randonneuring is distance stuff. So 200Ks, 300Ks. 
Wow, on so, a bike. On a bicycle. So I oh, did. Would you have support vehicles and stuff in that? No. So randonneuring is it, it, it's against the rules to have support vehicles. So you gotta have like those. What do they call um pelleteers or something like the bags on yeah. the back of your bike? Yeah. So you have and and I have some out in the garage, but I can't remember. So I had a front bag and a back bag on okay. the bike and yeah, everything. So anyways, but yeah. but you had um you were almost like you had a passport so so you had to ride a specific route um you had to you could do them there were brevets brevet was alone and, and then there were the group rides um and and you would go on a group ride and everybody left at the same time and then there was a deadline you had to finish by the thing with randonneuring is you can't finish early either so you, it's not a race it's a ride so it's, huh. you have you can't finish too fast, but you can't finish too slow either. So oh. there there was specific there's a specific time and, so and, it's, and it's fair it's it's an open time yeah. frame. So I you mean, got to stay in the peloton. <laughs> well, yeah, to, for the most part, it was kind of a of, of a concept of group dynamic and stuff like that. But you would go to you had this little book, and in the book you would go to different uh, stations, and it might be a um, a gas station or whatever. You would get a receipt and get the cashier to sign the book. Oh, what time okay. you were in, and you go on to the next one. So, the longest one of those I did was uh, 300K. It ended up being 197 miles, so it was longer than 300K. Um, I'd had many people ask me, why didn't you just pedal three more miles? But if you've ever run any race in your life, you know when you're yeah, at that you, finish line. You don't add three extra miles. You're just not going further. But that took 18 hours. Yeah, if I sign up for a 97-mile race, there's no way I'm going to round <laughs> not up. Running. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Even if it's your first 100. Yeah, it's, nope. yeah. no, I ran a 97 miles. Yeah, and, and, and that race uh, started up on Lake Ontario. We rode down through Canandaigua. Naples uh, went through Letchworth. Um, wow! Back up and around through Geneseo, um, and back through Canandaigua and back up to the lake. Um, wow! I, I I did well, but I never in all the randonneuring I didn't get my nutrition down pat, and I still haven't. So. Um, it's different when cycling, right? I mean, they eat tons of food when they're cycling, right? I mean, yeah, you're supposed to, um, yeah. but but it's that same. If you end up much, I, I feel it's the same with running. Um, if you're pushing too hard, yeah, uh, you're you can't process. You get you get yourself into trouble, really. And I think that's I'm getting smarter with that now. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's where my my problem area was was was. I was just outside of my envelope and, and pushing a little too hard and it wouldn't, you know, I, I couldn't get past, you know, I couldn't get past that. So my nutrition suffered. I suffered on a lot of those rides. I suffered on the 18 mile or 18 hour ride. I was in Tim Hortons in Canandaigua, um, just, you know, trying to get sick so I could continue. You know, and and uh, oh, so you ate so much food that it wasn't going. Well, no, it wasn't even eating the food. It was just that nauseous and and mm -hmm. too much water. Um, mm -hmm. So your stomach's full, but it's not doing anything yep, with it or anything around. else. Yep. And 
fortunately, I had some older guys there that that were with me that knew the ropes, and they're like, "Okay, you need salt," you know. And yeah. I, I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, really. and you you work so hard that your body start stops digesting, and so it can all get stuck there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and but neat things there riding at night is pretty cool you know i mean there's no dogs that chase you at night when you're on the bike i mean it, it's, a, it's a different it's a different experience so there was that i've i've run at night i i met a guy in las vegas i was there in business two years ago for months we got a new machine where i work and i had to get trained on it so i got on strava found this route this guy had run and contacted the guy and said, hey, you know, I'm going to be out there. How hard is this route? And he goes, oh, when are you going to be here? I'll meet you. And so I meet this guy, and we go running in the desert at, at 11 o'clock at night. We do a nine-mile oh, run through awesome. the desert, which was just, it was epic. You know yeah, what I mean? It's part of your, and, and I think I got to imagine that your, your conditioning of traveling around and running in different places made that okay. Right? Yeah. Like, because a lot of people would be like, I'm not going to go run in the desert in the middle of the night. <laughs> with somebody i don't know well my kids are like you don't know this person yeah. and i'm like hey eh, you know yeah. he's, he's a runner he's you know they're they're good people you know yeah. they're like but you never met him how do you know he's not this is las vegas how do you know he's not i'm like eh, yeah I, I emailed him back and forth seems like a good guy yeah you know and he and he was like oh he's a like a 43 year old retired you know oh, yeah this, I'm just living the life, you yeah. know, I'm just like yeah. some guy with a lot of money and a lot of time and it just, you know. So, so through all this, I mean, you, it feels sort of like you started running kind of on a whim, like, oh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll run. And then all of a sudden you find like running is all these new adventures, yeah. right? And so, so now you, I mean, you're driving up two hours to Rochester, so you're, you're obviously stuck on it in some way. Um, so what leads you to decide to run your own race? Yeah. So, so you'd only, been, you'd only been trail running for three years yeah. and you decide you're going to take on race directing duties. Yeah. It's, uh, when I did the randonneuring, um, part of that was you could, you could build your own route, um, your own brother. So I actually built, uh, three three 200k routes that went from this area um my goal at that time that is one thing i didn't finish i i, I have a tendency i'm going to go off on every question yeah, i know, yeah, well, so just, you know yeah. that's why i haven't but, asked many questions yeah, um every uh i've i've pretty much finished everything i've ever tried to do um for the most part i'm pretty good at, at getting to that finish line um i'm a medical physicist my board's um, you take written boards and orals, and and my written boards I pass multiple choice tests. Give it to me, I can pick out the I can pick out the right answer, All no right. problem. Hey, right. Good to go. The orals is, is is you sit down and you're actually across a panel. You're across from a panel of five five yeah. guys, and you know they're asking you questions and you're answering. So a lot of pressure, stressful situation. I don't always do well in those. So it, it took me more than one shot to to get through that. And they only offered the test once a year. So if you failed that test, you spent eight months before the next test. Wait. You know, you took four months off. Yeah. You take eight months and you studied right. for eight months. You know, so I got through that. Um, the the randonneuring was I wanted to do a, a year of 200K. So you would do one a month. And if you did the 
1200 12 100k 200k you would get like a, a a badge for it you know hey good job you did this everything else my goal there actually was i i really did enjoy cycling I, you see my office uh, the bikes that are out there um but i I wanted to do a ride they call Paris Press Paris. Paris Press Paris is a 1600, either 1200, 14 or 1600K in, in France. Mm-hmm. It goes from Paris to Brest to Paris, and it's like a 70 hour bike ride. I mean, you know, it, it, it's pretty epic. Yeah. You know? it's and, real and I was stuff. like, I was like, God, this looks great. And I'm, I'm not saying it's off my bucket list, but, but you know, potentially. So you'll, you'll start cycling when your knees go bad, right? Right. So I'm, Actually, cycling, the reason I stopped cycling is is my wrists started getting numb. Yep. So I had trouble with my wrists. So I, I was like, you know, I'm going to give this up. So I still have the bike. Chris and I have a tandem, actually, a very nice tandem. And, and we're going to ride it, actually, this weekend. But uh, we haven't ridden it in a while, so you can tell I'm, a, I'm like, hey, we're going to be back on the tandem. <laughs> back fun. on a bike. Right. Chris loves it because she can actually garage sale from it. And, and I actually have to pay attention <laughs> to what's going on. So, um, running up at a race, it might have been one of the first races I met Valone, um, and he had said something, I think it was zero SPFs last year, and he was saying something about, he goes, you know, we need a fat-ass race around here. Somebody's got to put a fat-ass race on. And I'm like, I'll put a fat-ass race, and I'm like, you know, whatever, no, no questions asked, I'll figure it out. So... I was like, you know, it's a good idea. I, I need to find a place. And Allegheny County, the county I live in, there's 40,000 acres of state land. So at the time, I came back, and I, I, if you ever, I used, when I was cycling, I used an app called Ride with GPS. And Ride with GPS allows you to build routes and tells you how far they are, what kind of train, stuff like that. So I used Ride with GPS to build some running Roots and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, there's this one and there's this one, and I, I could go up here and do a 50k. And I had all these different routes kind of built, and I was like, but nothing that I'd run on. I'd built them on paper, but mm-hmm. nothing that I actually got out, checked out the trails and everything else. So I, my mother-in-law rides horses. She she had said something about the area mm-hmm. where we were going. She said, you know, there's some nice areas here with some trails and stuff like that up in in Phillips Creek and 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 uh you might want to check that out. So I went over that way one day and and I had found this route that was two loops. So I'd taken my dog and it's two five mile loops. Five mile loop on the left side of the road, five mile loop on the right side of the road. And I'm like, oh, I'll go check it out. So I go out and I ran it. I ran the whole ten miles and I'm like, this is a great spot. I mean there's there's a big parking area in the middle. There's a road in the middle. You could you could run five miles, take a break, run five miles, take a break. I'm like mm-hmm. Just do it. Do the whole thing three times. You got your thirty. You know, your fifty k. You got thirty miles, and and it was a little more even. So actually, be it ended up being like thirty two miles. So it was. So so your whole motivation was Mike Valone saying we need Mike Valone. We we need a fat ass, and you're like, I got it. It was Mike Valone saying, I don't want to pay for a race. I want to go do this. I want to go do a free (laughs) race. We need a free race. Yeah, we need a free race, and I'm like, that's all right. You know. So so you went scouting the area, and you you found. So I'm thinking that. So I found the I found the spot in like, when was the race? uh, April. Yeah, first weekend in April. Yeah, I found that spot in like February. 
Yeah. And, I, and, 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 and that's what I was going to say. And I got thinking, on Facebook messaged Valone and Lapata. Yeah. And said, what do you guys think? And Lapata's like, you could do it. No problem. It's fat ass. You don't need, you don't need anything. Just, yeah, just you do turned it. it from zero, though, into a full-on race. Right. So I turned it into, hey, let's do a group run into, yeah. all right, I'm going to get permits. Yeah. I'm going to get, get a, a hold of, potty. Get a hold of the DEC. DEC's like, okay, you need a porta potty. So I get a hold of a company down here, get a yeah. porta potty. I get a hold of US ATF, I get insurance. Yeah. You know, so and then it, you it, got and then you got you made awards. It, you had tents cuz you had torrential uh you yeah, had sleet. We, we had we had interesting rain. <laughs> So, yeah, or, but, or but I mean, so really, what you did was you didn't do a fat ass. You did a free race. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it was a fat ass. Didn't you know? I, I, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm constantly humbled by the generosity of the people I ran with, and and by the the people that ran just ran. Um, I, I laugh because uh, the the last donation I got was from um, the Egans. Yeah. And and I replied to Eric at that time, and I go, "You guys just put me thirty bucks in the in the green." You know, I, I mean, I just made thirty dollars. You know, which yeah. which actually, to be honest, that thirty dollars paid for the washers and the stampers that I used to stamp the awards. But but I was like, yeah, that's just extra because I have those for next year. You know, yeah. so I was like, I'm like, you guys just this yeah. is great. So, but I was that wasn't why I did it. You know, yeah. actually, the initial thing I was like, okay, I'm, this could be a group run. I'm going to run my own first. Ultra. Yeah. I'll run it. I'll just well, run it. Well, that's what I was going to say. You've never run an ultra, yet you decided to be a race director for an ultra. Right, right. Oh, and, the, and, oh, the hubris. The hubris. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, it, it was interesting because uh, my intentional, my, my initial intent was to do it. And I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll just run it. Yeah, with, you'll with just, you'll just set up a tent and yeah, a set table. Up a tent one. Yeah, and then you run. Well, I'll run together. And then, and then all then, of a sudden, and then I, I had people that signed up, and then I went to the Medved thing, and it was a couple weeks ahead of time, and I sat down after that, and I was like, I can't run it. I, I'm like, I actually have to direct this. There's people that are kind of, yeah. there's people that haven't, like Sarah Hardy. Uh, there's mm-hmm. people that haven't run a... Jeffrey uh, Macbeth, right? Jeff, well, Jeff Macbeth had no intention of running <laughs> the damn thing, you know, or the whole thing. You know, but I had people coming that kind of needed... They needed to have somebody there, and well, I felt responsible. I felt well, like, you and, know... And it's your thing, right? Yeah, and, and, and it was my baby. So I'm yeah. like, you know, I, I do need to be here, and I'm glad I was, because it was... I I was, like I said, I, I to see Jeff Macbeth going out on his last loop... I, See him coming in on his third loop, right. never intending to go out on the fourth. Yeah. And then going out and coming back on the fourth and never intending to go on, on the fifth. And Beth Savoy is, is a, a woman from Corning. Her coming back on, on her third, and she's like, I'd only planned on doing 10 today, but I did 15. And, and she sat there for five minutes, and she's like, I'll, I'll be back. And I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> I got to go do another one. You know, and it was just like that, that mentality of people on a yeah, a horrible weather day. Yeah. However, talking to to Mike, I pronounce his last name. Med, 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 med. Oh, I <laughs> Mike call, M. I say <laughs> Maynardesy. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I say. Sorry, Mike. Mike but, uh, <laughs> So, but he he had said he goes. Actually, the weather was perfect. 
you wouldn't have thought it, but it was cold. It, it rained a little, but it didn't rain a lot. It sleeted and snowed, but it was the right temperature and the weather wasn't soaking. Yeah, it's um, it's weird to think that, but that that's what you want. You you want to be cool. Yep. You know, I mean, at least I do. I want to be cool. Yeah. I know there's some people that want to be hot, but no. whatever. Yeah, that that uh, um, that photographer guy like, that, like <laughs> seventy degrees. Yeah. So so some of the things. I mean, what are I. Okay, so here's the thing. I decided I was going to do a podcast, and that spiraled into an enterprise of, like, I can do a million things. I can do all these things, you know? And I was like, no, wait, I need to focus on actually the podcast, yeah. right? I'm like, oh, I could put on races. I could have running groups. I could, you know, no, what I need to actually do is make a podcast. Stay focused. Yeah, and so as this race was growing and turning into a thing, were you at all like, uh, I just wanted to go for a 50K with a couple people? I I was concerned that I could let people down if if I didn't have the support there that I needed. And and that at that point, I never, no, I never regretted. I never said, damn, I really wanted to go run this. Because actually what happened in the meantime was I signed up and got into um, Wakely, Wakely okay, Dam. the Wakely Dam. Which, right, which the right. Wakely Dam Ultra was actually one of my bucket listers. That is yeah. a bucket list race for and me. And you made it out of the dam. Uh, um, I, so that's on my, that's July 31st. Oh, is that? Yeah. Or July 30th. So it's the day before oh, escarpment. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's, it's the week after SPF. Yeah, is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not doing SPF, so I, you know. Uh, um, well, I remember Eric saying, because I, I, I had said at the time uh, Wakely came out, I had said that I was torn about doing all these races and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I, I did so many great races with the Trails Rock crew last year. Um, and, and Eric had said, he goes, you know, those races are always there. Mm-hmm. You know, do do new races do yeah. do races you haven't done before do races that you know set a goal and do a race that you, that yeah. you really and wakely dam you know. just seems like a really cool there's only yeah. one way out they, they, well <laughs> wakely you'll tell you there's three ways out one is turning around and going back and start <laughs> the second is going to the finish the third is on a helicopter and i'm not paying for that i'm too cheap so you know yeah there's there's no i think it's funny because i said something to someone and i said well there's no road crossings i, said, I think lapata and, and he goes well there's a road in the middle, but it, it's the access road to the ranger station for, you know, I mean, it's like a fire access road. It's not really a road. There's no vehicular traffic on it or anything like yeah. that. So, But he's like, well, you do cross a road. So. Yeah, there's one way out. Yeah, so there's one way out. That will be a humid day. There's no way the Adirondacks and July, July 30th is not no, going to be anything but humid. But July 30th, you might escape black flies. Yeah. You might. They, so the past race photos that I've seen, they give you strips for the back of your hat that the, they show the runners at the end who have 50 to 60 deer flies on the back of their hat. Yeah. Um, they, they say you're pretty much, you almost have to have deep or, or some very good yeah. method to keep when it. i go when i go to the adirondacks i make sure like i have the buff over my head i i cover all yeah. the all the parts up top i have sweet 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 blood yeah so, so I, yeah so do I, I have a problem with, with 
consumption. So, you know, what I, I, I think it has to do with food. I think if I eat a bunch of garlic the night before. I think, I I think I'm, I'm type O positive. I yeah. think that's why. Yeah, I'm O neg, so, you know, I mean, that's, you know. Yep. So, okay, so you're putting on this race, right? And as it's leading up to it, this thing is growing, like, maybe not in millions of registrants, but you're turning this into, you know, this is a first-class kind of deal i mean there's a porta potty come yeah, on <laughs> there's porta potty. it was high class it was high class right. and so i've heard that there was a muddy side and yeah. uh good uh, muddy side yeah yeah so there's two sides of the course and one side is fairly flat and and dry <laughs> yeah, um, I heard. I heard that was the muddy side until people saw. Yeah, the other so, side. so of course you know, and I'm explaining this, and I'm saying, okay, look at you know, you're going to go out here on the west side, and when you run this side, this is the dry side. And when you get over, you know, you're going to come out, and it, it's pretty flat near the end. You're going to come out across the road, and you're going to go over on the wet side. You know, and uh, of course, Egan's. Eric's looking at his watch, telling me it's it's you know whatever. It's, I think time start time was seven. He's telling me it's seven oh four that it's late. So I'm like, fine, just go. You know, so so everybody runs out and everybody who come back in, um, in including Eric who, who came back in a little early, um, was like, if that's the effing dry <laughs> side, you know, they're like, what is on the other side? Because that's uh-huh. ridiculous. And uh, and it and it is. It's it's uh, it's a it's a wet. It, it, it's wet. Yeah, it's wet. And the wet side's really wet. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, it's brutal. Uh, but when you when you found it in February, how did you find? So you found it under snow. It was um, the the interesting thing is the day that I went. Um, there happened to be some snow on the ground. The only reason I remember that is because there were some cross-country ski tracks fresh on the trails but i remember thinking at the time i wouldn't have wanted to been out there on cross-country skis because there wasn't enough snow enough coverage to 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 make it you know the guy had to get off in some spots and and walk and stuff like that so right um so there wasn't that much snow the ground was not solid by any means. Right. So it had started the thaws. It, it had some firmness to it, but it was it was definitely not as muddy as it was the day of the race, <laughs> well, and, or the day after when I was picking up the stuff. Although the day after there was four inches of fresh snow. Um, so it, it, it looked. It was funny because I'm out there the day after looking at the few spots where the snow had. The mud had melted the snow and stuff where you could just see all these footprints. But other than that, you would have never known did, anybody was there. I was going to say, did you take pictures of like the the yeah. aftermath of like the snow has fallen on the race? Yeah, the snow falling on the race, there was no sign. And I'd send a picture and, and I'd send a picture to, to Jeff McBeth because, you know, he, he, of course, he was going down that corridor. That That's the last picture I took. He just looked back and he's smiling. Yeah, he just he's heading out for his last lap, and he t- yeah. looks back and he's just smiling. He's like, you know, I'm going to yeah. do this. And I took a picture the next day, and there's like four inches of snow there. I'm like, not doesn't look <laughs> the way it did the day before. And the interesting thing too was that happened to be a windy day, the day of the race and everything else. And and I, of course, I didn't get out on the course. So um, the next day, I get out on the course, and I'm out there picking up ribbons and stuff like that. And I get to, on the east side, the wet side, I get to the very first crick crossing, and there's a tree down across the trail. 
and I'm and I happened to take a picture of it, and I'm like, holy cow! Wow. I'm like feeling horrible because I'm like, I was here three days ago, and this wasn't here. I'm like, gosh, I hope this really wasn't here for the course. And I had asked, I asked the runners after the fact, and they're like, no, it was, it wasn't down. So between the race and the next day, when I picked up the ribbons, a tree went down that went wow. across the trail. So, so yeah. Wow. So yeah, that was uh, it was pretty neat. The first day I was out when I scouted the course, I saw a fisher, um, which is, fisher's pretty. I, I saw fisher tracks and where he'd gone through the woods. So that was part of the. Uh, the artwork by Jeff, uh, doing my uh, young, doing my. Uh, is that right? Yep, Jeff Green. Jeff Green, get the two screwed up. Sorry. Yeah, they're they're both boisterous and loud and surly. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Green doing my artwork and and we did a porcupine with a with that's supposed to be that's a fisher chasing it and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I thought and, I thought that that was kind of neat actually. The, yeah. the little artwork. Yeah, so it was cool. I got a hold of Jeff. I was like, hey, what can you do? So we did artwork, and I had ideas. I was trying to come up with ideas for what to give the finishers. I wanted to give them something. Uh-huh. you know. And, and originally, it was going to be uh, every lap you, you got, you completed, you got a popsicle stick. And when you got done, you had six popsicle sticks, so you know you had your thing. So then yeah. I ended up doing the washers and just you know getting a stamping tool and sitting there as people came in and hammering them out on the on the thing and the dogs the two dogs got awards too and, yeah you know and and if you didn't do the whole thing like, like the guys who didn't complete the whole thing i would stamp in how many how many k they did or whatever mm-hmm. from that so. and you got you had the peas hanging from the tent at and the I, end, right i had the peas hanging from the tent and you had to you know it was going to be kiss the pp but i let yeah i did let <laughs> I, I i did let them shake the pp yeah. <laughs> well and it was i thought it was kind of um I mean, for something that was thrown together in two months, you know, I mean, the the maturity of the race, um, I, I, I'm trying, I try to think about where that comes from. And the only thing I can think of is how many races you've traveled to, how many yeah. different types of events you've seen. And, you know, you sort of threw some of that, you know, the the essence of that into your race yeah i would say so and i've definitely seen a lot of stuff and i've been I'm, i've helped some people out with some some races and mm-hmm. and the cycling stuff i've helped some guys out and when i was on the bike team you know mm-hmm. it, it's all little things and, and you had you had when you were telling the story you slipped in i have the stamp for next year so you're doing this thing again next year yeah so so Potentially, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Potentially, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, the request was though. I think this is the first time a lot of people will hear it. The request was they wanted a fall version. Yeah. Uh, and Palmer's Pond is split up. The state force is split on both sides of Route 86. Okay. We were on the north side of Route 86. That part of Palmer's Pond is nowhere near as pretty as the part on the south side of Route 86. On the south side of Route 86, there is a pond called Palmer's Pond. Mm. It's a beautiful camping area, everything else. Everybody would, else thought they were actually standing in the pond. <laughs> yeah, everybody else who ran the race thought, absolutely, this is a pond. <laughs> but no, no, that was just swampy. Um, so, no, the, the Palmer's Pond area is actually very pretty as a pond. Um, 
it's an ideal location. We'd be an ideal location for, for a race. Uh, but that is a race that would take a lot of scouting and everything else. I don't have the kind of time to put into it this year to kind of develop that. So, so that part of that race is probably not going to happen. But I would have to say that I would imagine next next April, if if the stars align and everything comes together, I'll be renting another crapper and, and, <laughs> and, and another crapper <laughs> and throwing it up in the in the parking lot and. and Hopefully having some people come down. I know a lot of people said they'll never run that son of a gun again. But, oh, you know, yeah? Yeah, so we'll have to see well, what if, happen. if everybody that came down said they would never run it again, who's going to run it next yeah, year? That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So anyways, all right, so what's next then? So next for me is Crooked Creek tomorrow with you. Giddy um, up. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I like that little race. Yeah, so Crooked Creek's fun race. Fans do a great job. I'm um, totally getting one of those raspberry bars. After yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> they they do they they they're epic food epic. Um, I'm doing Wakely in July. I'm doing Wine Glass in October, and still yep. hoping. And you're going to come hang out at Twisted Branch, right? I'm going to. I'm actually. Uh, I've talked to Scott about Twisted Branch, and I'm. I'm going to do some sweeping on Chris, Twisted Branch, and that's good because uh, that course is dusty. Yeah, and dusty. And yeah, and I, I. I told Scott, I go, yeah, I, I think I'd be good for 50k of it because the way, this is my mentality looking at it, and I know I. I know that course is a brutal, brutal course, but I figure if I'm sweeping, it it puts me in a different pace. And it puts me, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm only doing a portion of it. So I've been in enough races. I've seen enough uh, uh, misery to know that, uh, at least to think, that as a sweeper, my, my pace is not really going to be a huge, you know, a huge concern. Well, uh, and and if you're a sweeper like Lopata, you just kick the runners down the trail as you pick up the flags and, and, and <laughs> you know? just force them on their way yeah get you cracking you say i gotta go get the next flag and i can't pick it up if you're behind if it. if you're behind it yeah so <laughs> yeah so that that's i've got that and then um i have uh my wife's cousin is getting one of the guys i drink the beer with is getting uh married this summer in uh colorado in in snowmass so we're going out there for 10 days, and I'm going to do uh, Twin Lakes to Up Overhole Pass to, um, oh, what's the name of the town? Windsor, I think. The, so yeah. the middle So the middle of, middle Leadville. of Leadville. Yeah, yep. so I'm going to go over and back. So over 20 and back of Yeah, 20 miles, 20 mile middle of Leadville is my personal that's a personal goal that I want to do. So well, hope you know. hope pass is the the place to be. Yeah. Well, I I mean, if I ever dream of doing Leadville, if I can't do twenty miles of that, then I have no right trying to do a hundred. You know, mm-hmm. at at some point, uh, mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate in this town. Uh, the guy that owns a shoe store in Wellsville has run seventeen hundreds. He's done Leadville seven times. He's done Massanutten. He's done. Uh, um, yeah, so so he he's a he's a really really cool dude. He's sixty seven years old or something. Yeah, like that. I think and, I think you were telling me about. Yeah, him. yeah. Rich is a great guy. He and, seems uh, like a cool cat. Yeah, he's a really cool cat. He, 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 so so he's been talking to me. He goes, "This is what you got to do." 
you know, so he's all pumped. Go up. scope out Hope Pass. So he's scoping out that, and uh, he he wants to do rim to rim to rim one more time um, while he still can. So we're hoping in the next year, year and a half, to do rim to rim to rim together. Wow. Um, he also has me on. He's got a couple routes down around here that he said, okay, this is a good one to do. So I want to do the Black Forest Trail possibly this year, which is 42 or 43 miles. And he said that one is, um, that's a really tough 42 to 43 miles. So I'd like to do Mountain Masochist, which is 50 miles. Mountain Masochist has a 12-hour cutoff. So, so it's that's no joke because it's yeah. a tough course. Yeah. So I figure if I can't do, Black Forest will be my test. If so, I can't do that in 12, I, I, there's... So I'm, wait a minute, you ready. you actually haven't technically run an ultra. Wakeley is going to be your first yeah. ultra, right? Yeah, I've never run that far. Yeah, but I have no question. <laughs> I have no doubt that the, I know the body can do it. It's, you have the you, know, you have the stick to itness. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but know. yeah, I, I'm just setting myself up. I've never even run a marathon. Yeah. Technically, oh well, you know yeah. what. I ran I ran New York City inside all of the boundaries and Strava says twenty five point one. Really? Yeah. Because oh. of all because of underneath the bridges. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, yeah, but that's so. yeah. Yeah. Strava or Sega Honda doesn't have any bridges. It, no, it just, no, yeah. but Sega Honda, um I ran it twice and I got twenty five point nine or yeah. um twenty five point nine both times. Yeah. I so. got twenty six point one eight or one yeah. two or something. Yeah. So, I haven't talked to many people who've gotten 26.3, no. which is what they claim. Yeah. So out of out of um, to wrap up here, out of all of your thousand beers, what's the beer? What's the one that stands out on the tippity top? Do you, did you do it by style? Style is unquestionably IPA, and that was once again. This is going back to two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So there's a lot of people right now who are kind of getting to a point with IPAs where they're like, oh, you know, everybody loves IPAs, you know, stuff like that. But we're talking, for me, seven to eight years ago, and IPAs weren't the popular beer seven to eight years no, ago. They um, uh, my favorite IPAs would have been uh, Dogfish Head. My wife and I, Chris and I, went down and ran the Dogfish Dash, which is a 10K down there oh, at yeah. the brewery. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Um, so... And that was at the time they had a store in Rehoboth, but they had moved the main main building was now in uh, Milton, maybe. Yeah, it's Milton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, and it it was very new. It was it was yeah. the plant was very new. So we went down there and ran that, which was cool. Uh, so Dogfish Head, uh, Flower Power, um, Stone, and uh, Dogfish Sixty. My favorite, though, on Southern Tier, Southern Tier makes quality beers across the yeah, board anyway. And I'm not I, saying it because they're close by. I mean, no, Southern I Tier love, does. I love the 2X IPA. Yeah, That's their 2X IPA is, is really not much different than their IPA. And a lot of times when you get into a double or an Imperial, yeah. you, you end up with that sweetness. Yeah. Um, and But Weyerbacher Double Simcoe IPA is mm-hmm. the best Imperial or double IPA I've had. They... It's the only one that was able to, at the time, it was the only one that was able to carry the hop mm-hmm. across into that Imperial. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's got a lot to do with the Simcoe hops. Right. A lot to do with Right. The they were one of the first to use Simcoe's instead of Cascade. Uh, but 
then um, I love stouts. I love browns. I love porters. Uh, Dogfish Head makes a chicory stout that's awesome. You know, it's a limited run. Um, I like oatmeal stouts and milk stouts. Uh, back to Duck Rabbit out of North Carolina. They do a milk stout. It's great. Yeah, left hand left hand does a good left hand does a great one. Yeah. When we were at Denver, we didn't get to left hand. Oh no. Yeah. Well, that's up in Fort Collins. Yeah. So that's a little yeah, more of a, a that was kind of we we were, we were hitting as much as we could. And and once again back to that back back to that lady who thought I had a you know who, who thought I had money or whatever, she goes, Oh, are you guys going to course? <laughs> and, and I just go. No, I don't have not. enough. I don't have enough money for course. No, no, no we're going to have water if we want to hydrate, but that's as far as we're taking. I don't have that. enough money. Yeah. What I what I find interesting about all of this is like craft brews, like you said, you did this in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Imagine trying to do that now. It'd be easy. It, it'd be you could stay home and do it. Yeah, right? you you could not leave New York. Right, you yeah. could stay home and you could do a thousand you know, Northeast beers. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't have to travel the country. Yeah. And then, and then, well, speaking of Hattie Topper, um, I remember, um, Pliny. So uh, I was, uh, I was that weekend, the weekend of 167 beers. Now I had no idea what Pliny was, but the weekend of 167 beers I went into in, in Denver, we went downtown Denver. There's a place called Falling Rock. So we went into Falling Rock, and they have a bunch of beers on tap, maybe 40 or 50 beers on tap, maybe more than that. If I'm wrong, somebody slap me. But um, the bartender, I'm like, you know, this is what I'm doing. And every time you go in and explain that to somebody, people got pretty excited about it. You know, bartenders could be like, that's cool. They start being like, hey, we got this other beer. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they would. You know, or we we were going to tap this um, Wagner. Wagner over uh, Sled Dog. Yeah. They have Sled Dog. Wagner, we're over there um, with some friends, and, and it's the middle of the day on a Thursday because I'm like, we took a day off. I took a day off, and we went. We roll into there, and the guy goes, "Wow!" Oh, he goes, "We just uh, we just bottled a, a batch of Hefeweizen," and and I'm like, "Oh, okay." And he goes, "Well, we don't have any." He goes, "Ah, just a minute." He goes down and pulls one off the line. <laughs> and brings it up and it was the yeah. best and I'm not a Heffy fan and it yeah. was the best Heffy vibes that I'd that, had you know? but it's just because of what's behind it right? so we go into yeah so we go into Falling Rock and the guy goes he goes oh this is awesome he goes I have we're just finishing up a run of 2008 Pliny and we're gonna tap 2009 Pliny tonight so I had to tr- I had I tried both in the same night, like oh, wow. the like last year. So he was he was all excited. I didn't understand it at the time, but I yeah. I, I have on note cards in the office, you know, yeah. two thousand eight planning, two thousand nine planning, and stuff like that. So and so so are you gonna do something with your thousand beers? I had it all written down. I had it on a I, I had yeah, a blog got, posted and stuff like that. Note cards and stuff. I've got it all on note cards, and there's a big rubber band around them, and you yeah. know. And you put you did a blog post like your year in review. Yeah, and then it was on an old website, and it's gone. So it's all yeah. gone. It's all gone. You don't have it. Not even no. the word file. I have. I have an Excel spreadsheet somewhere with uh, with all my ratings, all my rankings, everything that I. It somewhere. seems like it seems like somewhere. that year should still live on somehow. Oh yeah. 
I, I and that's I I get very concerned about those cards. You know, I mean, they should be in a fireproof case because there's there's a lot of value <laughs> in those cards. Feels you know? like if only there was a way that you could immortalize them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they need to be gold plated and oh, wow. put in a library somewhere. Yeah. All right. So um, so beers and running and and I guess I guess that's about what we got, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I I. Uh, I grew up in the outdoors. I, like I said, I hunted yeah. and fished, and and part of part of my drive for continuing to run and everything else is is uh, every year I have been going to Colorado and hunting and stuff like that. And and one of my goals is next year um, I want to go out and between Durango, Colorado, and Silverton, there's a railway, there's a railroad. Um, right. They have two okay. stops along that railroad where you can go get off of the train and you can go into like the Chicago Basin, it's called, and you can backpack into there. You can also get off the railroad in that area and you can go hunt in, in there. So, I mean, my it, it's very remote. Very few people do it. And other than Chicago Basin, there's some areas even more remote that would take a little bit of work to get there, but it's kind of, you know, it's an experience in itself. So I... I I'm looking at the potential of doing that alone. You know, I, I finding people willing to do that and put that kind of effort in is a lot of time difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah well, I, and I, you might find them and you might think they're kind of. Well, or you might find them and they may, you know, uh, snore and, and, Fart and burp and it, I mean it's they may not be a no, good they may a, a not good be a fit. good that's what I mean they may you not know, be a good fit you know so so the outdoors is a, it's an interesting thing so, yeah yeah yep. so yeah that's that's what I got I mean you know my my life goals someday do a hundred you know oh, um, why do these people want to do hundreds so I, I mean that, that's a thought that's a thought from a guy who's never done a, a 50k so yeah that's what you I mean. know, so. Yeah. So, and maybe I don't, you know, I just, I, there's so many epic races out there that I want to do. That's what I mean. There's so yeah. many. Yeah. There's, there's, I see them all the time and I'm like, well, once again, even, even the local stuff, uh, rim to rim to rim, uh, Black Forest Trail, which is 42 miles, the Susquehannock Trail, which is 82 miles mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania. I mean, I mean, there's some epic stuff yeah, in our, in, in our back, I mean, right in our backyard. Why I did, that's why I did the Bristol Hills branch. You know, of the Finger Lakes Trail. I could do that all in one day? Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Sign me up for that one. So, yeah. And that's pretty badass. That's a, that's oh. a, that is, that is, no questions asked. So, oh. yeah, I mean, now I, I've got to ask you because at the end of Saga Honda, I, I, I didn't get choked up at the end of Saga Honda, but I got in the car and I was driving home and I'm just like, my wife called and she goes, you know, how, how was it? And stuff like that. And I was fine. And I was like, I don't ever want to do it again without you there at the finish. Yeah. Um, it was a it, because it, as non-emotional as I was with it, it was a mm -hmm. it was an accomplishment that I wanted to share with. Yeah, I, I, I had friends or you were there. You know, I, I, I didn't see you. We didn't catch up at the time, but but you were there and and uh, and some guys that I, I rode on my cycling team were there. Right. You know, and and he's actually a buddy of mine. He's doing. Uh, um, Oh, he's doing a race out west this year. But anyhow, um, hard 50-miler, rocky, real rocky. Um, can't remember what the hell it is. Anyhow, 
he was there. So I, I did see people I knew, but but like I said, I you know, I fam. I I, I yeah. kind of want family there, and I and both of my boys are going to be there for. My wife hasn't committed, but both the boys are going camping with me for Wakely. So they're okay. going to be fishing and hanging out and stuff like that for Wakely. And I'm like, look at, you know, my goal. Steve Chafee finished it in eight hours, so I figured he's faster than me. So I, I told him, I go, you know, about eight hours start heading for the finish line, and hopefully I'll be around yeah. that ballpark. She's she's brought him to two Rochester marathons, to one Sega Honda, the first one, not the second one. And then um, she brought him to Twisted Branch. And Twisted Ranch, they came later in the day. They showed up like um, they were at the 40-mile mark, which is Bud Valley, which is where you pick up pacers and stuff. And then they were at the 40-mile mark all the way to the finish. And um, it was a long day for them. But um, she was she was Captain Positive the whole day. You That's know? awesome. She was, she was Captain Positive. And... Uh, at some points, the kids, I could see, like, when I showed up, I could see the kids were officially being crazy. And she was like, whatever, I'm over here. I'm going to talk to Chris. They're going to run around crazy. But immediately after the race, like, they packed up and left. And I was like, well, you know, there's there's nothing else to do, right? You know, so it's really hard. I've always thought it's really hard to be to be a spectator. Like, that's a hard deal. I mean, the people come and they run and they go. Yeah. You know, at NASCAR, like you get to see them looping yeah. over and over. Right, over. at least yeah. there's loop. But um, it's or just, mind the ducks, something yeah, like that. Exactly, you know? where you can see the people. Or Palmer's Pond. Times. Palmer's Pond, because if you're at the parking lot, so Palmer's Pond, number one spectator sport. <laughs> Keep it but in mind. I just feel like it's it's a hard sell. It's a really hard sell, and. Yeah. And when they do show up, you have to be ever more grateful. But it also is, it is super meaningful. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why it is. Like, I'm going to run it anyway. But when you're like three to four miles from the finish, you're like, oh, my God, my family's going to be there. Oh, my God, they're going to be there. It's going to be awesome. But there's something, there's something there. Um and and if you could bottle that feeling like that excitement imagine if you could have that excitement of seeing your family every day you come home from work imagine if it yeah. felt like finishing a 50 miler every day you came home you're like oh my god you guys are here this is the best yeah. thing ever like that's that's what we should all be looking for you know yeah. what i mean like mm-hmm. holy crap i can't believe it i was gone all day and you're here you know? That's it's that is one of the nicest things. Like you, you and I both talked about this. You listen to a lot of podcasts, but um, one of the nicest things you hear about the podcast if you listen to the West Coast podcast, you know, you listen to the, whether it's Trail Runner Nation or whatever. But you have guys that have a big group of friends mm-hmm. that run. Yeah. So when you have that big group of friends, um, and and here you have Trails Rock, mm-hmm. but when you have those big groups, you do have. If it's not your family, mm-hmm. you do cross that finish line, and there are people there that are cheering you specifically. Yeah, on. that support is just. You know, and, and that support is critical. It, yeah. it makes a big difference. So I feel like we covered a lot of ground in that conversation. If you want to know what the Palmer's Pond race was all about from the runner's perspective, you can check out a link to Mike Murtock's uh, race report, which is linked in the show notes. 
but Mike really captured the spirit of the race, and his report is a great read whenever you want just a little bit of inspiration and you know um try to figure out why we why we do these crazy things or why you do these crazy things uh in there is also a note to Sheila Egan's write up, which is really great as well okay, so I owe a bit of a description here um Cayuga Trails has happened uh, since this conversation with Colin was recorded. You may have heard me talk about Cayuga on some of the podcasts, most notably Jason Mintz's podcast, uh, even a little bit with uh, uh, Scotty Jacobs. I felt it appropriate to give a quick update. Okay, so it's well known that I went into this with a little bit less training than I would have liked. Uh, So I went slow and steady. I finished in uh, 1233. Nowhere near my original goal time, but I achieved my two goals, uh, not getting injured and uh, getting my comeuppance for thinking I could stroll into a 50-miler. So I'm officially back on the training mindset with 11 weeks to go until Twisted Branch. 100K. Twisted Branch. You know that race. Uh, In addition, I got an amazing day on a beautiful course. The Cayuga course really is about as pretty as it gets. And with the out and back type um, of course that this is, uh, I got to see some super fast elites racing head on right towards me. And that was that was pretty cool, too. Uh, I'm finishing up my Cayuga race report, so I'll be sure to put a link out when it's done. But suffice to say, I can't recommend this race enough. Beautiful course, waterfalls and gorges. I mean, come on. Uh, great race director in Ian Golden and Red Newt Racing. All the details paid attention to, even compost bins at the aid stations, you know, for your watermelon rinds and your orange peels. Uh, I'm for real, like all the details. Awesome town in Ithaca, New York, and a great group of runners. If you have any interest in waterfalls, gorges, small sustainable practices, and good people, you owe it to yourself to uh, try out Cayuga Trails 50. So let's wrap up here. Uh, if you like the show and want some more, Head out to the website to check out this episode's show notes. Put a lot of stuff in the show notes this week. It's worthwhile. Pictures, links, all sorts of good stuff that you won't you won't find all compiled anywhere else. Promise. Um, okay, uh, you can also browse through the past shows there. Uh, click the subscribe button to get future episodes. Support the show through a donation uh, or become a Patreon supporter. You can also join the Strava group. You can like us on Facebook there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm not a great Twitterer, but I'm learning how to tweet better and better every day. Uh, Lots of ways to get involved. Lots of strands in old duder's head, if you know what I mean. So thank you all for listening and sharing with your friends. Thank you for sharing your stories and for getting out there and creating new stories. And with that, be thankful for what you've been given. Be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.